Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Halex. And this week in the studio, we have Kate Sutherland. And this is a connection that's come primarily through Lucas. I'm going to pass it over to her. Yes, we've been, Kate and I have been having a catch-up, a major catch-up, because we met, we met in 1993 in Oregon in a tent in a parking lot of a motel. <laughs> because we were, doing, we were doing a workshop together. With a guy uh, named Arnie Mendel, who is um, very well known in the conflict facilitation, conflict resolution field um, worldwide. I think he's done a lot of work worldwide um, in in um, what he calls world work, which is the whole business of how do we work with conflict. But he's um, an interesting guy, and so Kate and I were both interested in him and ended up at this three-week-long workshop in on the coast of Oregon in 1993. And you had just come, Kate, fresh from having lived three years at Fintorn, which is an That's intentional right. spiritual community in the in the Highlands of Scotland. And uh, and so and as a result of some of the people I met there at that time, including you, I ended up going and living there for three years myself, um, not right in the community as you had been, but but still. So um, and then you moved back here to Vancouver. That's right. Which is where I had come from. So um, when I came back here again, we were in a we were in a meeting downtown, and and I looked at you and thought, "Wow, that's Kate." <laughs> um, and so yeah, so we reconnected, and we've had sort of loose connections since then. And that was probably God. That was back in like t- 2010, maybe 2011. That was a while ago. And mm-hmm. so we've been we've been working on. I've been working on trying to get you on the show for a little while, and then I broke my foot, and you <laughs> broke your wrist. <laughs> so now we're healed up, and here we are in the studio. So welcome! It's Thank a thrill you. to have you here. Thank you. And we've got tons to talk about. It may not all fit in one show, but um, fascinating. So you call yourself a facilitator for the shift, the shift, right? I love th- your form, your invitation to. To name yourself outside oh, of conventional yeah. like boxes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it says so much more about us, I think, than the conventional terms that I say are on the immigration form when you're coming. <laughs> when they give it to you on the flight what when is you're your re-entering occupation? Canada, yes. what's your yeah. occupation? Because I always have to go down and check other. <laughs> 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 um, and they don't usually ask me what the other is either. They just You just check it off, right? So this would come under, the facilitator for the shift would come under other. <laughs> yep. So tell us, what, like, what, what do you see the shift as being? Okay. Um, and, and why is that important to you? The, yes, thank you. The <laughs> shift, I'm, I'm leveraging work from a guy called David Corton, who uh, has a concept called the great turning. And by that, he means the shift from an industrial growth society to a life-sustaining civilization. Mm. So that's the shift. And my sense is, you know, not just me, but a lot of us are aware that virtually every human system needs to, to shift. Yes. Um, and very fundamentally. And, mm. and I'm wanting to be a bit provocative and say we, we can't actually hire facilitators to, you know, professional facilitators to come in and support. No, because they need to shift too. 
They need to shift too. I should say we need to shift because we're all doing it, right? That's, yes, exactly. We need to shift, you know, primarily on the inner in order to be able to do the work well on the outer. Uh, The invitation is to uh, say you're invited into a context as a coach or as a facilitator or consultant or you're working in a context and your job description is the size of a ping pong ball. The invitation is to actually see it as the size of a beach ball or even bigger, like to expand your scope to recognize that at this time in history, we, we all need to be helping to facilitate this, this great turning. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm inviting myself to do more of that work and to keep pushing the envelope of how I frame what I'm doing. And to, uh, I find that people resonate a lot with that language and to, you know, like there's the sense that we're living in unprecedented times that call for unprecedented ways of being and doing. I've got a feeling that you had a shift yourself for you to be finding power in David Corton's language here and that this is helping to frame where you're going now. Where where did your shift happen? Or were there several? There have been, <laughs> yeah. been layers. an ongoing shift. Yeah, yeah. like I... That's a beautiful question. I, um, you know, I could go to the most recent huge one, or I could um, maybe start at the beginning. Like, where where would you think was like, or or it doesn't even have to be latest or or beginning. Which one was the one that really, really jumped the tracks for you? Mm. <laughs> I guess the one that kind of opened the opened the process was that I uh, in nineteen ninety. I had been working as an activist in Toronto, uh, having been part of the environmental movement and then starting to consult independently on my own and working on multiple projects. And I had uh, like a a period of devastating disappointments, Mm. two projects going sour really close together. And and I was in a dark night of the soul. It was Mm. in a really... um, like, you know, I can't continue like this. I need to find another way of working. And I I wouldn't have said at the time that I um, prayed, but that's, you know, one, that would be one way to understand it. I called out, you know, help me to life. And very shortly after that, I uh, was given a book by uh, someone I was working with. And that book was written by one of the founders of the Finhorn Foundation. And that caused me to go to Finhorn and... My purpose for going was to find another way of working. And within an hour of being at Findhorn, I had uh, an experience that was uh, caused a pretty profound shift or or was the seed for that. And uh, it cracked. It cracked me Mm. into another way. And and that was, I was just walking on the grounds of Findhorn and... There was a huge lineup at registration, so I went outside and meandering through daffodils and lupins, which are there in the springtime. Very, very beautiful. And I heard a voice. I had never heard a voice before. And the voice... So a, a voice not in a body. Not in a body. Yes, a, vo- a, a voice discarnate voice. And yep. That, that I, no one else could hear. I mm-hmm. heard it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it said, everything you need is inside. And I had an instant knowing that that was 
what I was looking for. That was the root of a different way of working. And then very shortly after, I realized I didn't know how to live that. But it was uh, one of the biggest shifts in my life and, and started me on what is now central to my work, which is, I would frame it as inner work, um, which I call uh, or, de- or define as including intention, perception, intuition, and consciousness. And that, that to be able to address the challenges that we have at this time, I believe we need to, to use these superpowers that traditional cultures, indigenous cultures have known for millennia and that we have somehow lost in our modern Western society. And uh, so that's that being able to learn a different way of working, which I, I'm eternally grateful to the Finhorn Foundation for introducing me to inner work and for vivid experiences of, of the power of inner work in action. Uh, that's what comes. Thank you for sharing that story. <laughs> that's I can feel that. Um, yeah, I've got a couple stories like that too, and they they just they it's something that y- you have such a need, and w- and there's no more ego left anymore, and we that cry from the soul, right? And as yeah. you said, you know, it's not that you prayed, but it's that we call out. We don't even know who's going to hear. We don't know what's going to hear. We just know we mm-hmm. need something that's not in us. Yeah, and yet cl- the answer... cry from the soul. The right? answer that came from outside, but not from outside, was everything that's you right. is inside. I love it. It's very poetic. For anybody who's listening right now, I'm actually tweeting out links to some of the things that Kate is referring to. So I just sent out a link to the Fandhorn Foundation. I also sent one out to the um, David Corton's book that you referred to before. Um, anybody listening, if you'd like to, to follow through those little breadcrumbs I'm leaving for you, you can find us on Twitter at EssentialCon. That's Essence, T-I-A-L-C-O-N-V. And we are talking with Kate Sutherland, who is a facilitator for The Shift. So she was just sharing with us the shift that occurred, one of the shifts that occurred for you. Because this is the thing, it's not really one, is it? No, no, you know, it's endless. Yeah. I think that's... Um, it's like dancing with evolution. <laughs> beautifully said, yes. And it and it, there is a sort of a sense um, for many people that, for example, the pursuit of awakening is someone you know like you're you're awakened and all your problems are solved and and it's actually that there's layers and layers and layers at, of that also so it's uh, yeah what i found about that change in consciousness is that once you've had it you can't go back anymore or you can't go back comfortably it's it's even if you fall back because sometimes it's one step forward two steps back or two steps forward one step back right agreed and and we fall if we fall back into it it's like oh I'm here again and then and, and but those shoes aren't comfortable anymore no we've had a taste of something else and we have to keep pushing through for it so you you were three years at Fintorn yes and I met you just after you had come out of that um, what did you take out of that and where did you go with it next because um, we were talking about process work which is Arnie Mandel's work and and you went into that in a fairly significant way after yes I um, I mean the coming out of Finhorn my intention was to share what I had learned mm-hmm. and uh, the process oriented psychology Arnold Mandel's work was definitely an integral part of that. I was exposed to it while at Findhorn. Uh, I 
One of the first things I did was create a workshop called Spirit at Work, which was about inner work and sharing different ways of seeing and being in um, bunches of workshops that I did in and around Vancouver. It was a um, sort of the feedback was was really powerful so that so that it, I would do it at a conference and it would be the, the first workshop to fully book and so it was like keep going with this mm. um, and mostly what I did was start to work as a consultant and facilitator using what I had learned uh, so it was kind of a two-track teaching and and being a practitioner mm. doing work in a lot of different sectors and in so that would include, you know, food security, um, community development, literacy, substance use. So I was in many, many different fields and cross-pollinating and working. If I'm, if I look back at it now, I I didn't have um, a good response in a, in a lot of my client conversations if I foregrounded how I worked. Mm-hmm. Um, that there wasn't an appetite at that time for people. Um, they didn't want to know that I was using my intuition or that I was working um, with intention or that I was setting energy when I was gathering. So I, I did, I said, okay, they don't want to know. But I kept getting work because the work <laughs> was successful. It was effective. And I, what I'm excited about right now, and I think, you know, to come back to your question, Rebecca, is the shift I'm making now is feeling it's been it's been a kind of lotus opening of being mm-hmm. more and more and more forthright about how I work. Mm-hmm. More and transparent. More yeah. transparent, partly because yeah. we're in the great turning. Like it, mm-hmm. there is an appetite now. And and what wasn't OK to say six months ago, <laughs> you can it's, y- it's well is welcome now and that mm-hmm. that there's a quickening that's happening so um, just watching like this morning I was in a conversation with colleagues about how the whole field of social innovation uh, uh, can work more explicitly with with inner work uh, with the the way the quality of being that practitioners bring to doing systems change work in Canada and that those conversations are being supported by major foundations this is unheard of, um, even two years ago. So it's, or maybe I'm exaggerating, but it's it's just there's a, a wonderful shift that's happening, and I'm having to shift out of the place of feeling that this work isn't welcome or I can't be explicit. I'm, it's like, it, yeah, it's calling something different out of you now yes. than than what you had to do in order to protect yourself to be able to do it. A few years ago. It's, yes. And yeah. so, it, you know, I, I have a few reflections on did I not have courage, you know, like should I have been more forthright? But I did what I did. And I built um, an inner confidence in the work, in the application of the work. So at Finhorn, I experienced it coming in, in, a, in, a, in a quite a special context and then coming out. Where it didn't have to be hidden, right? Did not have that to was, be hidden. It was explicit. Yeah. And then to be able to work and you know, organize conferences using those principles and practices and to do consulting work and it just grew my confidence in the power of the work to the point where I could then start to teach it and and um, stand for it. And that's just continued to grow. And it, and it feels 
you know, so then to come to a, the the most recent major shift was for me uh, in August. I, I did a retreat and healed a personal piece that had has held me back for a long time. Mm. So were you a participant or were you leading it? I was a participant. Yeah. 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 And it and it was just this little kind of speck that I needed to mm-hmm. to let go of. And these specks, <laughs> depending on where they are, makes me think of like the floaty in your eye, right? It can really yeah. affect your vision. It can affect your how you're interacting with the world. And, and even just acknowledging that as as facilitators, as healers, as people who are in leadership are contributing to other individuals around us, we have to step into the role of receiving and being the learner and being the the one that is being healed, acknowledging the wounds, acknowledging what is imperfect in us at times, don't we? We <laughs> absolutely that never ends. Yeah, and it's, and it's I see, I call it being performative, performing. So if I'm called to work on um, storytelling, then I need to do healing for me around stories. Yeah. If I'm called to work on relationship, I, like it, I'm always working yeah. on the energy of the contract or the context. That, mm-hmm. like, yeah, that yeah, Arnie used to call it working with your feet in the fire. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you're that you're always you always have to be you're prepared to go into that place you, to use yourself. Yes, right? self as instrument is one sort of jargony phrase, one, but I think yeah. it's really a helpful phrase that that we are how we show up the quality of our attention and presence and and authenticity and integrity um, mm-hmm. comes directly into our ability mm-hmm. to be part of a system if we don't see ourselves as part of a system then we can't affect it yeah i agree yeah 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 so for those of you just joining us um we're talking to kate sutherland who calls herself a facilitator for the shift so we're talking about all kinds of interesting shifts here um lifelong shifts as we see it right that if you're in this business of helping people with change for whatever personal reasons we have because if they're not personal we don't stick with it because mm-hmm. moving through change like that I don't think is – it's not an easy process. You have to be really committed to it and see it as as valuable. I think – yes. In, and in order to stay with it, right? Yes. I think I think it gets uh, – or I can, speaking personally, uh, that yes, each shift is – uncomfortable and I think one can get comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah well <laughs> yeah tolerance of discomfort right if yes. we know that oh, the discomfort yeah. is actually the growing edge yes yeah yeah, yeah. and that that's where life is that's where th- there's um, uh, ultimately and and right you know with less resistance the less we mm. resist the discomfort mm-hmm. yes Right. It's um, that makes me think of pain when we're experiencing pain and learning to uh, allow it to move through you rather than pushing back on it somehow. Yeah. 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 Isolating or resisting it. Or when I started working in the field of change, they we used to talk about how the it you'd go from a frozen state to a liquid state where you could work (laughs) with the change and then you'd move back into the frozen state again. Well, we don't have any frozen states anymore. Now everything is liquid all the time. So you better get used to. Swimming and oozing and and (laughs) melting and and getting tossed around on the waves because otherwise you'll feel in a perpetual state of um, anxiety, right? And that's not a great 
that, I mean, yes, we get anxious sometimes, but we don't want to live there. And I believe, I agree. And I believe that the ability to self-soothe or the ability to find um, the stillness underneath the surface of turbulence is mm-hmm. really an important life skill that that needs to be available universally. So I, I, I would, yeah. I have in... Um, in sharing, anytime I'm invited to do work with a group, I will include what I call groundwork. Which, mm-hmm. And that's exactly that. It's like, how do you lay the ground and attend to the quality of being that you're bringing? And that groundwork, uh, the invitation is to source to the place that's deeper in us. Or you could say that we all, just being binary, we have a small s self and we have a big s self Mm -hmm. and when we're connected to our big s self we have ballast and we have a basis for navigating where we're not going to get thrown around as much we have a keel we we have a keel i have to say that i know you're you're talking about big s as in the letter s and i'm hearing that another way and i like that way too which is (laughs) which is big a s s it's just like yeah yeah you know exactly which is also a keel yeah right yes being yeah having having mass and sort of like inner um soul depth that and we all can access that but we aren't encouraged to and and it's easy to get drawn into all kinds you know like the there's i love the concept from eckhart tolle of the pain body which which really thrives on anxiety it thrives on crisis it thrives on anger and um and identification with that yeah right and any strong emotion (laughs) and identification and there's you know it, it, anyway it's not making anything right or wrong it's just mm-hmm. that that to be aware of this other layer that is always with us of the stillness of of mm-hmm. the depth that is imperturbable and mm-hmm. and where there's a layer of peace and joy and well-being that that we can access right in the middle of in, insanity and chaos i think it's it's fundamental and really important for our time that that we uh, support ourselves to deepen that and have a have a daily practice or a, or a regular way of of tapping into it and strengthening our connection with that place. I uh, in, in conversely to that, uh, not in terms of the meaning, but in terms of the where I get it when I'm sitting in a in an airplane and looking down at the planet. Mm-hmm. Especially when I'm traveling over borders and I can see out of the plane where the border is. Mm. But you can see that the mountains run through the border and the rivers run through the border. And the borders really are, um, yeah, they're, they're constructs, right? And I think that the, the borders between us as human beings are constructs. The, the borders between corporations and departments and families and because it really it's a community of um, beings on the planet and if you go deeper i think our we inter are you yes. know like that, yes. that that we are uh when there's the f- phrase you know there but by the grace of god go i mm-hmm. uh i credit my husband with the phrase there go i as that that we are we're not separate. No, we mm. go with one another. We go with one, and that if there's 
this person is carrying this for the whole and this person's carrying that mm. for the whole and and we are um, profoundly interconnected not only human to human but human to plant animal place the, the stars you know so what the mystics speak of i was listening to a woman uh, uh, we're about. Oh, wait, let's let's do a song before we come <laughs> back and, and talk about that. You just popped right yes. into the theme of one of your songs, so I just was like, "Oh, it's time! <laughs> yes. Let's grab it over here." So, one of your songs that you requested for today is "Into the Mystic" by Van Morrison. Um, let's shall we take a listen to that now? Mm, yes, yes. Yes. Okay. Would you like to tell us before we listen to it or after we listen to it why you picked it for today? Well, "Into the Mystic" is the name and the. The, the first opening lines in particular okay. just really resonate. All right, we'll crank it up. Let's listen to those first opening lines and perhaps the rest following. And we'll rejoin Kate Sutherland in the studio in just a few minutes. than the sun Yeah, the bonnie boat was one as we sail into the mystic Hearts now hear the sailors cry Smell the sea and feel the sky Let your soul and spirit fly into the mystic And where that foghorn blows I will be coming home mm. And when the foghorn blows I want to hear it I don't have the fear and Back in the days of old How magnificently we will fold Into the mystic You know I will be coming home Yeah, when that foghorn whistle blows I gotta hear it I don't have to fear it And I wanna rock your gypsy soul Just like way back in the day Together we will fold into the mystic. Come on, girl. Mm-hmm. 
are listening. You are listening to Essential Conversations. We're not listening. We're, we're broadcasting. Well, we're listening to. We're listening to Kate Sutherland is what we're doing, yeah. uh, who is a facilitator for The Shift. Um, I am Rebecca. My uh, co-host is Luca. And we just listened to Van Morrison's uh, Into the Mystic. And a question I've been holding on to for you, Kate. Yes. So we were talking about shifts. And you made a comment um, that I tweeted out a little while ago because it was a really pithy idea. The idea that we are in a quickening. And you were even mentioned, like you were even talking about in terms of like six months. Like the point is like now and, and con- contained or, or gaining momentum. How do, what is it that you see that makes you say that? Or feel. It might be a feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a feeling. And uh, part of it is the resonance when I speak it in contexts where I would have spoken it earlier and there wouldn't have been resonance. So mm. that's my calibrating to the circles that I'm part of. Okay. Uh, and it, I also sense... Things like um, uh, the massive open online course that Otto Scharmer is offering on, now I think he's rebranded it, it was called Transforming Capitalism, and there being tens of thousands of people across the world who are accessing a body of work called Theory U which is really about breakthrough innovation that in Otto Scharmer has been doing that work for decades, but he's, it's, there's an appetite now and there's a, there's a quickening and a scale to the work that he's doing. The, yeah, a sense, um, and, and in my own work as a, uh, I teach a certificate in social innovation uh, we have made central to that work the the inner aspect of being a a practitioner and and that is now just the the, the uptake on it and the um, collegial um, acknowledgement of how critically important inner work is and so my belief is that that's the lever that allows us to make the shift the quickest. So I, I have a question that guides my work. Uh, it's how might we leverage the potential of inner work for nonlinear change? How might we help leaders and change makers to be more aware of the power of intuition, intention, perception, and consciousness to support nonlinear change? So that's the kinds of breakthroughs and shifts that allow systems to evolve because life evolves in in discontinuities it doesn't uh, i mean there's sort of preparing the ground slow 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 and then you know (laughs) and and i think we're at uh, more and more recognition that the status quo doesn't work and more and more seeking of what might work and of ways forward. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you think about how children learn to walk, they they stand up. Well, for a long time, they they're lying down and they're kicking, right? And they're crawling around. And then all of a sudden, one day, they may get up and just take one step. 
But then they may plunk themselves back down again and not do anything for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then and then it's like they magically just get up and start walking. But there, there had to have been back there somewhere, that initial little foray mm-hmm. into that new thing. And it's like... Um, as a as a cosmology, as the, the whole the whole planet um, makes a little f- a little step forward, and then it kind of gets swallowed up, and we have to have faith through that that it's coming back again. That that was just that first little step, and then we had to sit on it, germinate it for a while, and then and then it's like it comes out and it goes like wildfire. And and starts leaping. We, we're we're witnessing fires doing that now, right? It just yep. it just goes and leaps over buildings, and it's yeah. fast. Yep. In alignment with that, I was also envisioning a field, and when you take the harrow to it, and that is that's quite a traumatic. Um, if you think about it from the viewpoint of the dirt that's been settled (laughs) 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 how it's now being cut and unearthed and turned over but how quickly do we see even if we haven't put in seeds yet yes how how fertile it is and ready yes to for things to spring up yeah yeah and life wants to happen yeah is an expression and that's this this Mm -hmm. um, shift is coming on so many channels and so many levels and layers i think you see it in in um the rise of the of the feminine of women stepping forward more um bringing uh more collaborative energy more um uh mm, how do you the 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 divine feminine which is a, a kind of an ability to go deep also and to to plumb into the the darkness and to be gestating we don't know what is mm-hmm. next you know like we have to we have to grope our way because we have we actually have to as as we've said earlier in this conversation we have to make that shift and mm-hmm. turn ourselves so we can't um einstein's quote you can't solve the problem with the level of consciousness that created it we have to yes. make i'm paraphrasing i don't but mm. we um we have to make um, an inner shift ourselves and and I I sense yeah just m- way more appetite and willingness to do that work uh, and I perhaps live in a bubble but it but it feels like the popularity of yoga the popularity of of mindfulness the you know the, the, these are things that have been growing for the last several decades and there's uh, I would say yeah. too the the more openness with which we are speaking of mental health mm-hmm. and uh, experimentations that we're having now on on an individual level of us you know being more willing to talk about what hurts and looking for the things that help, which is where yoga and mindfulness and yep. things you'll know, really make a difference, but also on a societal level creating the structures that make it more more accessible, but all of those things enable us to to then be brave enough to ask the questions that may be painful but we can feel they're important Mm -hmm. because they're very much hooked into our mental health as well yes so that personal journey of of healing and of greater aliveness uh ripples you know pretty quickly it's like if you start doing your own work to address the discomfort the pain the the numbness then you either have to bring that into the social context and ripple it through them or you have to leave pretty mm-hmm. much i mean uh, so you talked about uh, luca about 
you know, that you, you foray and then you collapse back. It's hard to shift a system, but it becomes Im increasingly imperative if you, uh, um, there's a, um, I quote my husband mentioned this morning, again, I'll paraphrase, but it's Maslow speaking about we have, we have basically two ways to be. One is to, to choose growth and the other is to choose safety. And um, we can't just stand still. It's like we're either we're either growing or we're not growing. And sometimes we're trying to hold both at the same time, right? And yep. and that and then we ha we end up with this struggle inside ourselves, which is very real. Yes, that's you, you know yeah. I think so, when we go through change, we go through change on all those levels, yes. and it's to be expected. I've also noticed that we're we're having to evolve new language for this because when we talk about the lon the nonlinear, mm -hmm. and we talk it we talk about that in organizational terms. Mm -hmm. um, our language wasn't designed for that in organizational terms. So I'm finding that, that there's lots of people who are bringing, making words up, mm -hmm. uh, bringing words in from other fields and appropriate, appropriating them into a new context in order to try and explain something that really we don't know how to explain yet. Mm -hmm. right? and, and when you're trying to use words that have to do with the deep feminine, Mm -hmm. um, which have for a long time have, had language associated with them that was negative language, mm -hmm. shadow, the words like shadow. And um, then, then we're trying to bring those words in and take some of the stigma off them or, or not use those words and come up with new ones that don't have stigma around them anymore or or not yet or whatever it is but there's very much we're trying to explain concepts that if if they're in the non-linear non-rational world then and out maybe outside of time and space which is some of what this shift i think is moving towards then we're then we're all in this place of how do we explain this hmm. and really you, then we just have to live it right or poetry is yes, yes. and or, music as yeah, we've just yeah, used yeah, yeah 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 there's a there's a poem I brought oh I'd love you to read it <laughs> do it do it do it and it's it's called oceans it's by Juan Ramon Jimenez with apologies if I'm not pronouncing it's translated by Robert Bly oceans I have a feeling that my boat has struck down there in the depths against a great thing and nothing happens nothing silence waves nothing happens or has everything happened and are we standing now quietly in the new life oh wow I like that oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm tweeting out a link to that so people oh, can find yeah. that yeah Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Well, it was yeah. shared with me just yesterday, and it felt uh, so like it meant to come here also. It's <laughs> new and shiny, but old. Yes. Because there's something feels out of time and space old about this. This is the mystery, right? Where, yeah. you know, if you, if you, uh, uh, consciousness is, has had, you know, to use your image of mm -hmm. the, of being able to walk a bit and then stop. It's mm -hmm. like you can look at what Buddha did or what mm -hmm. the mystics and the avatars have done through time. And that's becoming 
out of the monastery and much more available, many, many more people from all walks of life are having yeah. uh, profound inner experiences and realizations. And there's still, you know, like you, you don't, you know, waltz into work and share what's, what happened to you at your meditation retreat quite yet, but I see that coming. And it's, yeah. it's more um, uh, to have the courage to live those experiences and to and to integrate them more consciously and more explicitly. Well, nowadays we don't have to hide the fact that we went to a retreat. Right? There would you be, may not there share would, exactly what happened there, but... There would be contexts where you still wouldn't, you know... In, um, but it is shifting. It is shifting. Mm, it is shifting. shifting. We live in Vancouver, which is... <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I've, that's true. I, it might I, be a little different than some other yes, environments. But it is no. far more... Yeah, it is far. It that it, it, it that's shifting, mm-hmm. and um, you know, hallelujah. Yes. You mentioned that when you were younger, you um, were an activist. Yes. What kind of areas were you getting active in? Uh, I mean, I, the, the seed of it was a sense that there's a world that works for everyone and everything, and I would get involved in anything that would. I felt like it was part of moving mm-hmm. us towards that. So I was, I had my fingers in the environmental movement, the herb bicycle movement, the women's safety on public transit. Mm. Yes. Body <laughs> of work. Mm-hmm. Um, urban design, uh, the anti-nuclear movement. I was... Wow, yeah. I was mm-hmm. playing with and seeing patterns across all of them mm-hmm. in terms of uh, path dependency, for example, that we get we our urban form is built up mm-hmm. and and to shift to a different urban form is not easy right mm-hmm. like so um and to look at how um we tend to choose or there's tremendous um economic rent to be extracted from what are called hard paths by Amory Lovins it's a lovely he distinguishes the hard path and the soft path mm. and that if you if you want to make a lot of money get involved in something that's a hard path, highly centralized, uh, for example, the fossil fuel-based industries, nuclear power, would be hard path, and soft path would be wind, solar, renewables. That pattern cuts across all social sectors, and and so the, the, the kind of consciousness that foregrounds personal gain will tend to favor the hard path. And when you start to look at collective benefit and how we are all interconnected, then you will go to soft path Mm. approaches. Mm. So, so my, it was like wherever there's an opportunity, I would, I would work. I can see how your work now, it, it mirrors it. You're, 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 you're shifting how you're working or where you're working, not what you're working on. It's just this, this right here is where I'm able to have the impact. That's, I'm always yeah. like, what's yeah. the, what's the greatest leverage? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's been my own journey to, um, so the, the Finhorn turning point in my life was to say the power of the, of inner work um, as a leverage point for me personally. And, and I feel, uh, 
just on fire when I'm able to mm. introduce someone to a, an aspect of inner work and, and watch them get it and run with it mm. and have so to be able to speak on this show is is mm -hmm. I feel on purpose and, and very yeah. grateful for the yeah. opportunity. I'd love to touch in on some of the show-and-tell items that you brought today. Mm -hmm. So we've got a picture. I'm going to tweet this out now. Um, a heart necklace, a meditation bowl. You are an author, an authoress. <laughs> <laughs> You've brought some of your books today and a chime. Why are these, what is it about these that had you think, ah, that's, that's going to be my show-and-tell? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, they uh, exp all express aspects of what's central and important in my life. Uh, and the... Um, the meditation bell is uh, something that rings three times in the morning, three times in the evening in my home. Uh, my husband brought it into our household recently, and it's the it relates to the mystic song. This that the Tibetans understand, or the Zen. I don't. Uh, I could be. I could mm -hmm. be a little sloppy in my lineages here, mm -hmm. but that it's about what calls us home what calls us to our most essential nature. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of, of, of practice and of supports, and, a, and a, if someone wants to deepen their meditation practice, I really recommend having a bell. Like it's yeah. the resonance of the bell mm -hmm. and the intention, the, pra the sort of ritualized practice of ringing a bell mm -hmm. um, amplifies and quickens meditation. Mm -hmm. uh, the chime is uh, uh, comes from my mother, and it has been to every facilitation that I've done in the last 18 years since she moved to Vancouver. Mm. And I, I owe her a tremendous debt for um, introducing me to groups and to the to inculcating in me a love of groups and and what can happen that the crucible that groups are for quickening transformation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and the heart necklace is uh, a gift from my husband it's a beloved uh, He's given me many pieces of jewelry, and they don't tend to land, you know, <laughs> which is, and this one <laughs> utterly lands. And it's, uh, I, there is no power more transformative than love. Mm. And, and to, to, uh, to have, you know, wear a heart around my neck, you know, heart on my sleeve, whatever. To, <laughs> to, uh, yeah. to, I often wear it when I'm facilitating. And as a, sort of a reminder to myself to to really be centered and based mm -hmm. and come from love and to s and to in any moment i uh, there's layers to this one um but uh a key part of the lineage from my mother is a body of work called trust theory and that speaks to the fundamental choice we have between trust and fear and you could say love and fear Mm -hmm. and it would be equally mm -hmm. accurate. Mm -hmm. And so that that's a piece of inner work that I think we are all invited to attend to. Mm -hmm. so are we, in a, how we respond to life moment by moment, are we responding from, from trust, love, or are we responding from fear, mm -hmm. contraction? Mm -hmm. yeah. And you have a tremendous capacity for intellect 
and um, academic study, understanding, looking at patterns, um, sharing your work through vehicles like books and workshops and that kind of thing. There's this, I, I think part of the shift that we're talking about is the marrying of that with heart yes. and trust. Right? Yes. Because the trust really comes out of our hearts. You don't trust intellectually. No. I mean, you can tell yourself to trust. You can say, I should. But, they, but really, it only comes from when the heart feels safe enough to do that. And, and that comes in the love, right? I, th I think there, yes. And I think there's an aspect where trust is like a muscle. Yeah, and it, I would agree. Yeah. And that there's an intention to be aware of when you've shut down or when you know when I've mm -hmm. shut down when I've collapsed and to and to um, work intentionally and and as a part of a lifelong practice a never-ending practice mm -hmm. of choosing to trust myself mm -hmm. to trust the other to mm -hmm. trust the group to trust all of life you know that um, giving yourself a reminder giving myself a reminder yeah. so that n yeah. the necklace is that yeah and yeah. And it is a, um, yeah. I think the that that what you're naming about the integration of the mind and the heart, and 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 I would add the will of mm -hmm. the, the gut, the belly. Like when all three are in alignment, then we are profoundly uh, able to to have bring impact into the world. Um, and they they balance each other, and they they uh, uh, that alignment. So a lot of one way that I think of my work is about helping there be alignment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, within an individual, like that we are our, our society um, encourages us to be outer directed in our need for approval and our need for acknowledgement and recognition. And there's something that comes when we're inner. This is the inner work, right? Yeah, the in, that's an aspect of the inner work. An to aspect, be, yeah. To be, um, to have done the work to know what is that, what's m most alive, what, where are we, uh, where do we feel alignment and resonance, and, and can we trust to follow that thread and live authentically uh, and discover the the uh, never-ending sort of discomfort we talked about earlier of being, because life will keep inviting us to grow. Mm -hmm. uh, that alignment is, uh, is the source of, of a rich and generative and dynamic and, and beautiful life. Mm. And it takes a kind of courage to oh, go yeah. there. I was just going to say it takes courage. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and 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 the more times we go through it with courage, the more we know we can go through it yes. with courage. Yes, and the more we support each other, mm. where we are in community with others who are choosing to live out loud or to live mm. uh, to live, you know, to really be alive. And I, I mm. we. Uh, some of the interesting work, you know, Robert Bly is here through this translator of the poem and just remembering his work around initiation for men. Mm -hmm. uh, there's beautiful work being done right now about sacred manhood and sort of reclaiming mm -hmm. because what it is to be a male mm -hmm. uh, and, and 
not uh, the cultural scripts that we have for women and for men are mm. both like so inadequate to mm. to who we really yeah. are. Less mm. and less useful. Mm-hmm. We need to expand them. Yes. Deepen, yes. expand, explore, and a chart lo- new territory. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, you've got a second song here, and it's a short one. Yes. And I feel like I want to dive into this because it's got beautiful energy before we wrap up the show today. Would you like to tell us before we listen or after we listen why you chose this song? After. After. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to listen to Buddy Holly singing Rave On, and we will rejoin Kate Sutherland in the studio in just a few minutes. Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca, and we're speaking with Kate Sutherland, facilitator for The Shift. We just listened to Buddy Holly singing Rave On. And Kate, I'd love for you to tell us, you have a, new, a book that's just coming out. You're offering a digital copy. Could you tell us more about what's what's the current? The current is, uh, uh, I have a book called We Can Do This, 10 Tools to Unleash Our Collective Genius, that makes available the frameworks and to, in, hmm, frameworks and theories that facilitators and consultants use when they're doing community or organizational development work. And it, uh, it's used in universities, it's used in innovation hubs, it's used in, in uh, social change organizations. It's tested. And I'm, uh, I've decided to make digital copies available free to people all over the world. I would love this to really go far because it's a toolkit for people who would like to do be more, uh, join me in being facilitators for the shift. So that idea of uh, how can we expand the scope of our current job description and, and support 
this great turning from an industrial growth society to a life-sustaining civilization, you need new ways of seeing and new ways of being mm-hmm. to do that. So this has some tools this, and this tips and theories. And really, th- they're very practical, incredibly potent tools. Awesome. Like appreciative inquiry. And yeah. We talked about process-oriented psychology. So I sent a link out to that to your website. Thank you. On, on Twitter. And would you like to tell people what your website is and if they would like to get in contact with you? You can get to me through wecandothistools.com. And it's... Uh, or katersutherland.com. Okay. Yeah. And is there anybody that might be listening right now that you'd especially love to hear from? I would love to hear from people who are interested in this idea of facilitators for the shift. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to have it be a meme uh, that will be something that gives permission for people to to take more risks because you have to really self-authorize to do it. It's like it's not going to be part of your formal job description. And I think we need support to do that. I'm interested in growing communities of practice and supporting and nurturing circles of people. So you're looking for kindred spirits. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalleck's.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. Oh, ah, 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 Happy, 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 happy. Boing, 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 boing.